Okay, ladies and gentlemen, friends and neighbors from all around planet Earth who are into cars and whatnot, you've tuned in to yet another... Another Coffee Clatch episode (laughs) of V8 Radio, Kevin. (laughs) I'm sorry, a what? Coffee Clatch. Coffee Clatch? Yeah, it's a a German word. Um, It means an an informal gathering in which coffee is served. And I sometimes think of, I have the vision of people sitting back, maybe on their porch, drinking some coffee, listening to the show. It's perfect. Uh, Sophisticates, if you will. Right. Indeed. (laughs) Indubitably. (laughs) Yes. Indubitably. And their horizons are ever being expanded by uh, the wisdom we expound. (laughs) Yeah. Is that what we call it? Wisdom? Yeah. (laughs) It's spelled with a B. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to our fellow coffee clutchers, uh, if you're... uh, Listening, my name is Kevin Osti. I'm your host, joined as always by our esteemed co-host, Mr. Mike Hubal-Clark. And uh, this is VA Radio. It's a podcast that's generally kind of about cars and stuff surrounding those vehicles. And uh, if you've heard this show before, you're well aware that we start off every episode with a automotive theme trivia question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got me a humdinger today, Kevin. Oh, man. I, and I got an easy one. Nice. Well, this one I think you'll get. All right, so... um, Lay it on me. Yeah, the other day I caught some of that uh, documentary, uh, The Framing of John DeLorean. Oh, good show. Yeah, good stuff. And people generally call the car that he created from his car company a a DeLorean. But the the proper model name was the DMC-12. Right. And what does the 12 mean in DMC-12? This is an outstanding question, and one that uh, longtime V8 radio listeners will know the answer to. Oh, it's, it's recycled, ladies and no! gentlemen. <laughs> I did not. Oh, God dang it. Oh, that sucks. That sucks. <laughs> but there's no going back, so nope. we will press Shoot. on. <laughs> <laughs> this is an unprecedented moment for. I don't uh, believe I did that. <laughs> did you ask that question before? Or did I ask it before? I did. I did. Oh, yeah. son of a biscuit! Well, that only validates that it was a great question. It was a great question. Yeah, <laughs> I like how you led with that. That is an outstanding question. It is. It is. God. Well, the the twelve. Um, if I remember, and if I get this wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a, a recycled wrong answer. But <laughs> the uh, the 12, for those who did not hear that previous episode, <clears throat> refers to the initial target price tag of the car. It was supposed to be 12000 bucks, American. Uh, but unfortunately, it uh, basically doubled that by the time it hit production. So the DMC-12, my guess is that it was supposed to be twelve grand. Allegedly. And we'll find out at the end of the show, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we will. <laughs> well, that's oh, outstanding. That's embarrassing. Sorry about that, everybody. Oh, well, but, but, but here's the way you have to look at that, right? So that, that question goes back quite a while in our history. And we're at like, what, 83 episodes? Yeah, this, this is our show? 83rd episode. Yeah, right on. So there's a lot of people that have not heard that question before. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> new, new listeners, if you will, that have joined onto the bandwagon uh-huh. since then. There's a couple, you know, Frank Simkowski, yes, he sir. knows the answer. Yardley knows the answer. Yeah. A couple of esteemed listeners, a few others maybe. Yeah. But, uh, I sure as heck know Trevor knows the answer. Well, he knew it anyway. Yeah, yeah. of course. Of course. <laughs> exactly. That was a good movie, that uh, Framing John DeLuca. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. And it was interesting the way they portrayed it because they had Alec Baldwin playing an actor playing John DeLorean. Right. Yeah. It's it's like Inception almost. An actor within an actor within an actor, that kind of thing. And and I'm not his biggest fan. Um, Alec Baldwin, I think his best work was in The Hunt for Red October, of course. Good movie, yeah. He played the Tom Clancy character. Mm -hmm. And then, I, I, you know, personally, after that, he kind of, kind of spiraled but uh uh the story of john delorean is so riveting and that movie does such a great job of walking the line between 
and correct me if I'm wrong, but you find yourself guessing along the way, is he, is he right or is he wrong? Right. Yeah, I, I totally did. You, you find you, you, you feel sympathy for him at times, and other times you want to vilify him. Right. And even when the movie's over, you're like, I'm not sure what just happened here. Right. <laughs> so that was cool. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. I'm glad you brought the film on. Thank you. We uh, that that's on our uh, our V8 radio pick to click there. If you want to go see uh, a good car film, go check that one out. Good stuff. Okay. Well, I'm going to reciprocate with a trivia question, and uh, mine is a little bit uh, a little bit different. In the world of Chevrolet trucks, mm-hmm. you familiar with like the C10 and the C series? Sure. What is special about the K series? What does the K mean? Ooh, the K. Okay. K20. Yeah, yeah, I've seen those like CK uh, line. Um, Oh, brother, the K, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like my mom. Just need my middle name. Let's see. Um, I believe the K was indicative of um, of, of a higher word. option package. Indicative, indicative of That's a great word. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Of uh, like a high, like a higher level, higher trim level than higher just the C series. So what being... it what it brought to the table i'm not sure but i think the k meant that it was a higher trim level than the c being uh, further up the alphabet if you will correct it, uh, yeah, exactly it's, it's, it's a little fancier all right is that your final answer yeah that's my final stupid answer <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right the k is a higher trim level than the c and uh, our, our listener friend Yardley, who made this wonderful database of right or wrong answers, we're going to leave this up to you to, uh, to tally. Thank Once you, the Yardley. answer is revealed at the end of the show. Yes, sir. Right on. Oh, brother. All right. Duly noted. Yeah, right on. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> ah. All right, man. Well, so we're, uh, we're in one of the the hopefully later phases of the uh, the COVID virus thing, and things are opening back up, and yeah. it's getting to be uh, nicer weather, and the end of spring, early early summertime. It is I saw nice you brought out. the saw you brought the GTO out for a bath the other day. I did, man. Um, my wife and I we were out kind of puttering in the garage, and uh, I says, you know what, today's the day. We're we're taking this thing out of here. I'm going to clean it up. Going to clean the footprint all around where, the, where it was sitting in the garage. And uh, it felt very soul-cleansing, not just car-cleansing, but soul-cleansing. Nice. Felt really, really good. And uh, I ordered up um, like a clay mitt uh, for it. I want to clay, clay bar it. Mm-hmm. And then um, do a nice three-stage uh, wax job on it, like cleaner nice. uh, wax and whatever the three stages are, but... I've when had them for think, a while. When do you think the last time you had that thing out for a bath was? Uh, probably about a, two years ago. I, I like to bring it out every couple of years and clean it whether it needs it or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, the pictures that you shared on the Facebook were really nice. Car looked really good. It, it does photograph nicely. I, I got to give it that. Um, it's an old paint job, but it, it is, like I told you, it is the quintessential 20-footer. Because from where I shot it, it looks dynamite. Mm-hmm. But when you get up close to it, you see the imperfections. You see the rust bubbles here and there. You see the scratches in the paint. Um, that car was parked when my dad had it. It was parked um, right outside a barn um, where he had some, my stepmom had some horses. Mm-hmm. And on the side of the barn, there were some windows, and the horses could stick their heads out the window. And they would have harnesses on, and they would like, go after the car and there's some big gouges uh right on the on the trunk where the where the sail panel is where the harness was just just ripped the crap out of the paint wait a minute so so do they when you say the horses would go after the car well they would just you know like try to bite it or or do whatever (laughs) and 
the, honest to God, man, there's like some really, I'll take some pictures to show you. There's some deep gouges in there where, where the harness or whatever, the bit that they'd have in their mouth would yeah. drag across there when they were like going nuts. Wow. Yeah. So you, you have, uh, you have animal damage. On this yeah. Side. Animal damage. <laughs> the goat has horse bites. Yeah. I mean, you thought mice were bad. Horses are worse. <laughs> I'm not laughing at the car, but this is that, that's entertaining to yeah, think of. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I've, I've it never is. known anyone that had horse damage to their car. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I have not either. That's uh, you're an innovator, my friend. I, well, I, have, do, I yeah. try to do my part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, and I, you know, of course, I've seen the car in person. I've driven the car yes, a couple yeah. years ago, and. Uh, uh, yeah, you're right. It's got a few bubbles here and there, but uh, it, it, it does still show very well. And and that's all indicative of a car that's well used and, and you know, it's a real car. It's yeah. Not a, it's not a yeah, totally. car. It's a trailer queen. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's cool. Now, what you, what you, so you ordered one of those, uh, you were telling me, you ordered one of those synthetic clay mitts, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought that it would cover nicely and... It'll rinse off clean if you drop it, uh, other than, mm-hmm. rather than like a real piece of clay where if you drop it, you're in big trouble. And you got to work it through and get a good surface on it again. But uh, I heard good things about these clay mitts, and I wanted to give it a shot. So yeah, will, that's cool. I will post the uh, the before and afters. Well, like I said, the 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 after of the wash which would be the before of the detail mm-hmm. um still looks really good and and you did a little uh a little spit shine on the vinyl top yeah yeah i threw some uh some mcguire's uh protectant on there that i really like i, I like the shine the well the the lack of high gloss shine mm. it's like a, like a matte finish and it just gives it a really clean even look so I really, I really dig it. So it turned out that I, I, I had the, I've had the hood on that car on, on the roof forever. And I was worried about what it was going to look like um, when I pulled the hood back off, when I washed it, when I pulled it out of the garage, but it, it's still, it's perfect. So no complaints. That's nice. Yeah. And that's, um, I'm not the world's biggest vinyl top guy, but, mm-hmm. but I think it looks really good on your car. I, I, I really dig the vinyl top. To be honest with you, yeah. I don't like what it does to the metal underneath it. Right. But um, the look is, I think, is dynamite. Um, but yeah, my car on the top of the windshield uh, area, across the windshield, it's it's bubbled like crazy, and on the on the back part by the back window, it's it's bubbled up underneath there as well. So w- when the day comes, I ever take that that vinyl top off, I'm in I'm in for a rude awakening <laughs> with whatever well, the metal's gonna yeah. look like. I would say resist. Yeah. Oh, I will resist as long as possible. Yeah. We've been through that on, on several cars. And, mm-hmm. of course, that, that uh, the GTO that we did that was at the McCacken show, had yeah. a, it was blue with a, a black vinyl top. And when that one came in, the uh, there was some shredded remnants of the vinyl top, but mm. the poor car rusted horribly underneath. And the, the rear window on those things is that really cool – you know, buttress design. Yeah. But the the actual window to body design is very poor in the sense that the channel is kind of recessed and sure. water hung out in there and it just wasn't cool and oh, they rusted yeah. really bad. So yeah, as long as the top looks good, leave that sucker alone. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean if the day comes wherever wherever I get tired of it enough to where I really want to fix everything, then it'll come off. Until then I, I, I I don't need to do it at all. Yeah. So I want to drive it for a long time and enjoy it before I take it out of commission for another three stinking years. Well, and that one is going to be a bunch of metal work. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it could be, it could be quarters. It could be a roof skin. You know, it could be a bunch of stuff. I know it needs a a passenger quarter. Um, Before my dad had it, I, I was lucky enough to get in contact with the gentleman who sold the car to my father. And um, he sent me a bunch of pictures, and his wife drove it. And I, I think I've told this story before, mm-hmm. but she was driving it. And of all things, this was in the 80s, a 65 Impala T-boned it and right in the, the, right the rear quarter. And there was no quarters available, so they, they pounded it out as, as good as they can and put a nice good layer of Bondo over it to smooth it out. And um, 
I was backing out of the garage once and I was too close to the side of the garage and the GTO emblem on the rear quarter caught on the edge of the door opening of the, of the garage. Mm -hmm. And it caused a big crack in that quarter in two places. I'm like, Ooh, there's a lot of mud there. Woo wee. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's one of them things, you know, it's funny. We see it all the time where, where people have, used a lot of body filler to mm. straighten a car and smooth it over. And, and in the past, the, the fear was always that, you know, if you put an inch of Bondo on a car, it's going to fall off and, right. and, and leave a big problem. You know, what's funny is the, the chemistry of the body filler is so good these days uh-huh. that it's usually the, the, the steel in the quarter is the problem and not the filler. Is that right? You know, unless you tear it like you did on the, on the side of the garage, yeah. um, that filler is going nowhere forever if it was properly applied. Mm. Well, it hasn't, it hasn't gotten any worse. It certainly yeah. hasn't gotten any worse from what it, where it was. And it's state it's very stable. Right. So, yeah, it, it's pretty remarkable how, how solid that stuff is. And I, I think, again, I'm not saying that that's the, the proper way to repair a car mm. is just cave and pave and trowel over it. And cave and pave. Else. I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you have a car that's got filler in it and you're not ready to do, you know, a proper restoration, leave it alone. Yeah. You know, and you can actually repair that stuff too. You can, you can blend more filler into that if that crack is there. And oh, is that right? Wow. Well, but the, in your case, you know, the quarter panel on a 67 GTO is worthy of its own zip code and size. So, yeah, you got the color blend, you know, that's going to be kind of a trick. So, you know, you don't really want to get into that if you don't have to, but, Mm -hmm. uh, we've seen a lot of cars that have a substantial amount of filler that was, you know, it was there, it was in it for the long haul. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Crazy stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, some people do filler jobs like that, that last, you know, like you said, because the filler is so stable, it'll last a long time Mm -hmm. and you may not even know it that it's there. Until you, like, say you buy a car and make assumptions, and then you get into it, and then it's not really what you thought it was. Right. And and that really gets into what's your goal for the car. Yeah. You know, because when people come to us, you know, at the V8 Speed and Resto Shop, and they say, hey, I'm looking to buy a car, and uh, I don't want to get taken, uh, unless you know what you're looking for, my brother-in-law John, who is uh, you know a career body man, he always used to say that if something is a little bit too nice, you got to be careful because it's it's hiding something. So body filler can manifest itself in many ways, but it's not necessarily a terrible thing unless it's over like chicken wire and two inches of <laughs> rust. You know, right. my uh, my old '70 Riv, the first one that I bought, had. Uh, uh, it, it had got repainted at a body shop or something. It wasn't restored. It was just a repaint. And it had rust around the wheel wells, and it, it started to bubble a little bit. And I'll never forget it. One day, I noticed this bubble around the wheel opening, and I pushed on it with my thumb, and it shot water back at me. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. So when I finally, you know, back then I was young and fearless. So over the summer I stripped that car and it was just corroded all the way up to the top of the quarter. You oh know? no. And it was all just troweled over with body filler. I mean, oh, that's geez. bad. But in your case, you know, the car is not changing. It's stored inside. It's not subject to salt, you know, and all the rest right. of it. So uh, uh, it, it's okay to kind of let that go as long as you can until someday you're ready to take it down again out of service. And that's not now because you want to get that in service. Exactly. Exactly. Mundo. And all the, all the bubbles, all the imperfections in there have, have been pretty stable throughout the years. I mean, I I've owned the car since 08 and uh, everything that's on it has pretty much stayed the same size as it was when I got it. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with uh, the, the preservation that's it's had so far so yep you kind of hit the pause button on the potential degradation of the car right exactly inside and and that's that's cool but it sure will be nice to drive it which is coming yeah it is it is Mm -hmm. i talked to i i got a hold of eric uh the other day and he's he's got got some good progress on the heads just has to cut a valve job uh do some port matching um and one more yeah. thing and uh then, then they'll be done so 
Good stuff. Should be soon. That's cool, man. Yeah. Looking forward to it. I know Me you too. are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so earlier today, I was uh, I was actually delayed for our our recording session here this evening. Uh, even though you might be listening to this in the morning, uh, because a friend of mine in in our little town owns a brew pub, the stubborn German brewing company, our buddy Chris Ron, and. Uh, Chris used to be a mechanic and, and changed careers and went from the auto repair business to the, uh, the hospitality business of brewing beer and making people happy. Mm-hmm. And I, I met him and one of our other friends, uh, uh, Mr. Grady Reeser, who is a, uh, a customer and a friend of ours. Um, if you saw the, uh, well, you know the guy, but for our listeners, the, the 5-0 Bronco video that we recently released uh, is, uh, is owned by Grady and he's got a, bu- a bunch of cool cars. And we were kind of chatting at the brewery because as this COVID thing starts to loosen its grip, um, they had the ability to have, um, guests again and they have an outdoor setting in, in the back behind the, the establishment. And I like to try and support our friends and our, our mm-hmm. local businesses. So we were having a beverage and chatting for a little bit. And the topic came up of, um, being a bunch of car guys sitting there of, you know, kind of the perfect drive. Mm. What's, what's the idea of the perfect drive? And I thought, you know, that, that might make an interesting topic because it's not necessarily, maybe it's something that already happened or maybe it's a fantasy of something in the future. And I know that I am so jonesing to get back out on the road and go do stuff. Right on. <laughs> oh, you and me both that I find myself thinking about road trips like all the time now and, and everything else. So, uh, I'm going to throw that one out there. Is there a, uh, a perfect drive in, in, in the mind of cue ball? Oh, there absolutely is. And of course it involves a, a certain gold 67 GTO <laughs> with, a, with a vinyl, black with top. a vinyl top with a lot of rust bubbles underneath it that I don't care about at the point at this point. Um, but it involves the loneliest strip of road you could possibly find. Highway 50? Yeah. Just going wide open, hundred miles an hour cruise, no, no other cars in sight for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles and no and radio. Kind of the, the fantasy side. Yeah. No radio. No radio. Just listening to the sound of the of the car, and just being one with it, and just nice. yeah, oh, can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think we had talked about that before because uh, uh, Highway 50 in the United States is known as the loneliest highway, mm-hmm. and it goes west and it goes across the desert, and and that's that's my vote too, as far as something I haven't done that I would I was always you know, anticipating doing at some point. I've been out to Ely, Nevada, which is where you can kind of pick that up. I've been to Bonneville and Wendover, mm-hmm. um, Highway 318. There's Highway 6 out there that goes to, to um, oh, what's the, is it in California? Um, kind of goes southwest a little bit, but uh, I'm right there with you. You know, that, that wide open. Oh, yeah. Uh, expand. You know, I, I was telling the guys tonight that I used to watch the the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show for the background. Yeah, <laughs> I like that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and no music, huh? Just just the sound of the motor. Yep, exactly. That's what I like hearing. Are you uh, and you're by yourself out there? Yep. Yeah. Nice. Seems seems kind of similar. Now it's funny when I was talking to our friend Chris and and Grady. Both of them, uh, I posed this question to them, and they both responded with um, uh, experiences they've already had. Oh, cool! And, and Chris used to go to as a student at a uh, many years ago. He was a student at a trade school in the St. Louis area, actually in St. Louis, at Rankin Technical University, and he lived in the same small town that he lives in now where I live. It's in Illinois, but uh, it's about a 40, 35, 40 minute drive away. So there was a commute involved. And many years ago when he was a student, he had a Fiero four cylinder. Nice. 
the two M four. Two M four. That's right. And and what he really loved was leaving class and cranking up the radio and buzzing across the bridge over the Mississippi River and just winding out that little four cylinder and zipping between cars and traffic and just uh, you know I would say hauling ass but that car really didn't do that so kind of <laughs> <laughs> kind of going fast yeah right and and uh, enjoying that cruise home you know to to either his job or you know to whatever he was doing after class but uh, I thought that was pretty interesting and I think part of that is maybe getting out of class you know maybe it's Alice Cooper you know school's out so we're gonna go have fun and and enjoy the drive uh, and then on the flip side Grady's perfect drive was in a thing that I believe is called the Mosquito Pass, which is in Colorado, and it's a trail that he uh, drove in a CJ5 Jeep, short short wheelbase Jeep. Really? And it's not very long, but it takes hours and hours because you're crawling over rocks and through trails and stuff. And, uh, you know, again, kind of listening to some music and just being out there and there's nobody around you know and just oh crawling yeah with the jeep and doing your thing out in the sun in uh, in colorado so uh it is interesting to me that um a lot of these are solo journeys you know mm. and uh, for me um i recently had one of what i will call my some one of my top uh, uh, perfect drives, and uh, and you were a part of that, my friend, even was though that? you didn't know it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a couple weeks ago, and where I live, um, there there used to be a really good sandwich shop, and unfortunately, that sandwich shop has closed. Ah, bummer. And I didn't really realize how much I enjoyed a good sandwich until they closed. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of forced to deal with some fast food sandwiches and stuff, and. And on your typical Saturday, if I get a few minutes uh, and the weather is nice, I'll take my 70 Buick Riviera out and I will venture out to try and find a good replacement for this sandwich. Ah, right? I know where and, I come in here now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but you do. So, yeah. so on this particular Saturday, I thought, well, not only am I going to go out and get a sandwich, I'm also going to accomplish something. So I went out to the, uh, where I live, I'm in Illinois, but I'm kind of south. I'm kind of near St. Louis and... And we routinely cross the Mississippi River and go into the city of St. Louis to get stuff. It's about a 35-minute drive uh, one way. And I went to the Home Depot. And because of the way of the world right now, I pulled up in the Home Depot parking lot, and I had to do this social distancing, and I was six feet apart, and I had a mask on and all this stuff. And I was expecting to zip in and zip out of the Home Depot, but that ended up taking like an hour and a half. Oh, jeez. And I thought, well, you know, it's not so bad. It's, it's a beautiful day. Uh, I think I'll go get a sandwich here in St. Louis because I've got more options. And uh, I'll go home and, and eat my sandwich. At which time you texted and said, hey, dude, are you watching the SpaceX launch? <laughs> and I went, yeah, no, no, I'm good. I got like another two hours uh, because it doesn't take off until... Uh, uh, Three o'clock, and you said, "No, no, no, that's Eastern time." No, Dude, you got Eastern. twenty minutes. <laughs> you got twenty minutes to watch the launch, and I went, "Oh man!" And I was nowhere near a television uh, or an internet screen, and I thought, "There's no way I'm going to make it back home mm. to be able to watch this," because you know I had planned on it. I, I the SpaceX launch was the one where uh, you know Bob and Doug were going to yeah. get launched into orbit. This is the first time that the U.S. was launching. NASA astronauts from U.S. soil in a in a, a craft to go up to the International Space Station. And it was supposed to be on a Wednesday, and then that got bumped. And you know, I had planned my day around watching this, but I screwed up the time zone. Yeah. So I thought, well, what am I going to do here? Right, I got 20 minutes. So uh, instead of going to the specialty italian deli that handcrafts really really good sandwiches mm. uh i went to a chain store i went to a jimmy john's and 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 grabbed kind of it was a decent sandwich but not not the best right and then i beeline back over the mississippi river and there is a road near us called bluff road and mm -hmm. bluff road is along a bluff and if you can envision 
the Mississippi River. Uh, you got the river, then you got the river bank, and then you've got a stretch of ground that is probably a mile or so that is basically river level. It's basically sea level. Okay. And then a rock bluff that stands up, I don't know, a couple hundred feet from that. And that mile stretch of, of ground level or river level ground is some of the most fertile farmland in the world. Really? Because it's all fed by the, the river and the silt. Yeah. Uh, but conversely, it floods often, so it's kind of risky farming. But if you get crops in and get them out, you're going to win because they're going to be awesome. Nice. Uh, but there was a very famous flood of 1993 that wiped out a bunch of small towns up and down the river and everything else. But there is a road that, that goes at the base of the bluff. So on, on one side of the road is the farm fields that extend all the way to the river. On the other side is this vertical bluff that's all you know rock and stone. Yeah. And a couple of miles south of where you cross the Mississippi River... There's a little town of Columbia, Illinois, and Columbia is home to the Columbia Aero Club, which hmm. is a very small field-based airstrip. Nice. And people with Piper Cubs and Cessnas mm-hmm. and, you know, little prop fixed-wing planes come in and land, and there's a few hangars there. And it's really kind of a throwback in time, if you look at this place. There's not really a tower or anything. It's all hobbyists. Sure. And I'm driving, and I'm thinking, I'm not, I'm not going to make it home to watch this launch, but maybe I can just zip into the airfield and, and you know, conceptually be kind of close to aviation. Nice. <laughs> nice. So I, I skid the riv into this, you know, grass lot, and, and it's pointed right at this fixed wing. I think it was a Piper Cub. It was a yellow airplane that had flown in, and... And I got my sandwich, and I got a root beer, and, and I grabbed my phone, and I have a custom auto sound stereo in the, in the RIV that has a Bluetooth. So I was able to dial up the SpaceX feed of the launch and stream it through the Bluetooth audio system, and I had it cranked up to a million. Nice. And watch the nice. launch. Yeah, it was killer. And, I, and it, I got there just in time. You know, I had maybe three or four minutes before it took off, and... and and watch that whole thing. And it was just something that uh, if somebody was with me, you know, they they would have had to have been a space freak the way yeah. I am to really enjoy that because otherwise it would have been really boring. <laughs> 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 but it was really neat to be at an airstrip to contrast, you know, this, this kind of vintage fixed wing aircraft versus this touchscreen-based rocket that these guys yeah. are in. State-of-the-art. Totally, yeah. yeah. And, and driving a 50-year-old car, you know, that was around during the days of Apollo and, and carburetor technology and everything. Yep. And it was nice. It was a beautiful day, and it all just worked out really well. But I got to thank you, because if you didn't text me, I would have missed that whole thing. Oh, man. I was not going to let that happen. Because <laughs> uh, I knew, I knew that that's something that you would want to see. I'm like, I better just check on this guy real quick. So I'm well, glad, glad you were you able did. to make it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the parallels now, again, these perfect drives are, uh, are, are kind of people on their own. And Grady had said that, you know, first was that, that rock crawling thing, but then his fantasy would be, you know, some kind of Ferrari GT roadster mm. off the coast of France, you know, and just through Monaco and going up the coast or something. And, and I'm wondering, so what are the elements that make these, that make these great drives? Oh, is man. it the car? Is it the sound? Is it the weather? Is it the music? Is it the, the feel of the car? Or, or really, is it a chance to, to get out and do your own thing and enjoy your own little freedom in a manner that you like doing it and not really having to answer to anybody or anything like that. It's just, this, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do it this way. Right. Right. Yeah. The, that feeling of complete and utter freedom and you can do whatever you want. The situation is that, um, and it's just, 
everything comes together for this one drive and it, it just everything is everything is right with the world <laughs> yeah so. and, and, and i think that's it and and not to say that i have not had great drives with my wife or sure. my friends and you know, I think in our, our music show, we talked about that uh, Paul Simon song, Late in the Evening. Yes. And, and, uh, and that experience, which was my buddies and I all left uh, left my how- my parents' house where I lived at the time. We're in college, and we're heading downtown in Chicago in the middle of the night in, in a 69 riv that I used to have. And, and this song by Paul Simon called Late in the Evening comes on. It's got this heavy percussion intro and mm-hmm. we're all banging on a different part of the car and beating on the roof and the quarters while we're going downtown. It's hot out. It's middle of the night and we're anticipating just having a great time and yeah. nobody said a word. You know, we all just had fun. Yeah. Everybody just knew. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You just, just knew. You're just yeah. there. And I think that's a big thing, you know, and, and, and that's, that's part of, uh, of what makes the car hobby so cool is is you can have that experience in a in a Prius, you know, or uh-huh. a, or a truck or sure whatever. It, it doesn't really matter. But but when you you have that experience in a car that you dig and that you know other people think is cool, mm-hmm. and you've worked on it and improved it, and and it's doing what it's supposed to do. Uh, you, you've got your freedom and, and then you've got the, the culmination of your hard work and you've got appreciation from others and it just, uh, it, it's, it's hard to explain, but, but I think that's the secret sauce, man. I mean, I, I, that's why we do all this stuff. Oh, without a doubt. Could not agree more. Yeah. The, the car does have a lot to do with it. Um, but, but again, it's not everything, but, uh, the right car sure fixes a lot of wrongs. Um, just, just when I had the car, had the GTO out uh, over the weekend washing it, some kid was walking down the sidewalk uh, with a lawnmower going to a, you know, cut someone's grass, and uh, he says, "Hey man, that's a really cool car." I'm like, "Well, right thanks a lot." Hey, what year is it? And he wanted to talk about it, and and uh, later on, uh, the Amazon guy dropped off a package, and, I, and the garage door was still open, and uh, he's like, "Hey buddy, it's a great car." I'm like. Thank you much. Appreciate that. Yeah. And I'm not even driving it right now. It doesn't even run. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and that's what we say. You know, old cars make new friends. Yep. And, uh, you know, I think there's a, there's a reason why Hollywood always puts the cool people in, in muscle cars and, and depicts them as such because they are cool. You know, mm-hmm. they, they are. As are, you know, classics and, and exotics and everything else. Uh but when, when it all comes together and you can use it, and, and especially when you know you've improved this thing and it doesn't scare the heck out of you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's not unsafe and everything mm-hmm. else. It, uh, it really is the icing on the cake. And I, I'm very fortunate that uh, in my job at our restoration shop, I get a chance to drive a lot of really neat cars. And I get to drive them maybe when they first arrive and they have some problems or they, they need some fixes and then I get to drive them again when they're fixed and, and note the difference. And, and we had a really cool one in just the other day, a 1954 Mercury custom. I saw the pictures of that. That, Yeah. That's, that's unusual, but a cool car. Oh yeah. It was just a two door sedan and, uh, it had an overhead valve V8, I think maybe a 292 or something. I don't even know what size the engine was and an oil bath air cleaner on a single throat carburetor and a Mercomatic automatic transmission bench seat, column shift, manual brake, manual steering, giant steering wheel, you know, crank windows, uh, just a, just an, a cool old car. But when you'd start this thing up, you couldn't even hear it run. I mean, it was silent. Yeah. Wow. And it came in because it had a, a carburetor issue. It was uh, running rich and overloading and blowing smoke and, and sputtering and everything else. And uh, the customer brought us the car, and, and as Trevor, our, uh, our mechanic, was driving it to do a, an evaluation of what it needed, the master cylinder basically failed, so the, oh the brakes were shot. So we didn't do much. We did the carb rebuild and a little tune-up on it and, and put a, a, you know, some brakes on it. And that thing drove wonderfully, you know, and mm. I had gotten to the shop and, you know, we're always 
even even though it's a it's a it's a hot rod shop and everything's cool and fun and everything else, we're we're a business, so we've got challenges like like any other business and stresses and everything else. But that car was ready to go home, so before they leave, uh, they get driven by myself or or by Kelly to get signed off and make sure that everything is copacetic. And it was a beautiful sunny day, and mm. I took that car down the road, and I went, you know what, this is this is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't bad. I'm, <laughs> No, I'm super fortunate to be able to have the opportunity, you know, to get behind the wheel of some cool stuff. And I, I got a critical eye and I'm monitoring yeah. gauges and I'm, you know, making sure that everything's doing what it's supposed to do, that the yeah. customer is getting, you know, the value of why they brought it to us and everything is repaired mm-hmm. properly and all the rest. But it's it was easy to kind of slip away on that one and go, damn, I, I could drive this thing all the way across country. Right, right on. And not look back. Oh, know? I bet it would be super comfy too. It was. It was a way. nice, you know... I don't even know what the material is. I mean, like kind of a mohair bench seat, you know. Uh-huh. And and, and right. it was funny because the the steering is loose, the the tie rods and stuff. And we we made the customer aware uh-huh. in our inspection that you know this thing needs some some maintenance and tie rods and stuff. And he's like, yeah, I know, but I'm cool with that. So, you know, for us, we it's our our duty to make the safety things known sure um but he he said don't do it so we said fine as long as you know you know yeah. that it's it needs the stuff and he said i'll fix that on my own and we said great you know so it was a little bit you know a little bit spooky you know, <laughs> <laughs> stepping on the brakes it stopped pretty pretty straight but just kind of correcting the steering going down the road because sure. that stuff was a little bit loose but uh but it was cool, and then you know, at the same time during this same couple day time period, we we finished up an orange '69 uh, Camaro, another one we shared a picture of on the mm-hmm. Facebook page. Yeah, they and that had an was LS under the hood. A big LS, 410 cubic inch Ooh. LS with a six speed manual, and the car was uh, already restored when it came to us, and it had a, a Ride Tech four link rear suspension and some upgrades in the front and brakes and the LS swap and the six speed, but it, it didn't drive very well. It, it had some tuning issues. Oh, is that right? Uh, so Trevor went through and, and reworked the fuel map and the uh, timing curve and the throttle input and everything else and got it to drive better. And, and that car, first time I ever experienced this, it made a weird clicking sound going down the road. Is like that a, right? Hmm. Like a slapping sound. Like if you took a, if you took a plastic belt and slapped it on a desk. Just really? Kind of random, bam, you know, real high-pitched kind of slap Ooh, sound. That could be and unnerving. We, it, it was. And what we found out is that the rear glass wasn't mounted properly. Oh, no, really? And you'd go down the road, and the rear window would contact the body and interact with the trim and make this slapping sound. Wow. And it took some doing to figure that out. We had guys in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, get in the trunk. <laughs> we had Rod in the trunk on that one. Uh, and, and driving the thing around, you know. And, and the car with this uh, this LS motor was a, a pretty new motor. It had uh, a big cam and a big throttle body and a big fast air intake and everything. And it was, it was an animal. I mean, it made a lot of power. Mm-hmm. And it also had exhaust cutouts and it was all oh, kinds nice. of loud. But that slapping sound was unnerving. So we ended up putting some sound deadening in it and put a stereo in it and then had the rear glass removed and reset Uh, with the proper amount of urethane and the proper trim screw retainers and all that. Sure. And uh, and fixed all that. But uh, that was another one that I had to, you know, I had to do a little test drive on. Of course you had uh, to. Going down the road, I'm like, you know, this this hugger orange Camaro with white stripes and a brilliant white interior. Yeah, and I could drive this thing every day. That's a good look. It's a great look. It it really is. And I'm a I'm a white interior guy, especially on a light colored car. Sure. And uh, just really enjoyed it, you know. And and it was we're never irresponsible with customer cars you know obviously because if something happens it's on us Mm -hmm. and we're insured to drive them and the customer knows that we're gonna you know evaluate but on the on the return trip i uh you know one of the requests that that trevor made was to kind of lean on this thing a little bit to make sure the tune was right you know that it felt okay Mm -hmm. so i took the liberty to kind of drive past the shop and it was warm out so all the doors are open and i kind of leaned on it right in front of the shop you know and 
I was accused of buzzing the tower, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and it came alive, man. Holy mackerel. That thing makes some power. I believe it. And uh, But it was all safe and, and good to go. And, and the customer picked it up, and he was very happy. We, we made a, a lot of improvements in the drivability of that car. And he's going to drive it every day. That's his daily in the summertime. Get out of here. Oh, God, yeah. love him. That's the awesome. Yes, and, and the, the engine is new, but with the previous engine, I think last year he said he put 9,000 miles on that car. So he drives it a lot. Nice. Good for him. It is. It is. It's perfect. Because, you know, if you can't drive them, they're no fun. Exactly. Exactly. They are meant to be driven. They were built to be driven. I don't they need to be. tell you that. Nope. Don't got to no. tell me that. Right. God dang it. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I think for 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 me, you know, those those days of being able to just get out and and enjoy, even if it's an hour, you know, uh-huh. or two hours, and just kind of break away. And luckily, I live in an area where there's some open roads, and I can I can get out and do it. Um, but Kelly and I always enjoy taking the galaxy out and and going on trips and and doing stuff. I think a big part is, uh, again, to be able to listen to the music, which is interesting to me that, you know, again, you, your fantasy was music free. Yeah, I know. It's weird, right? (laughs) I'm not (laughs) saying it's weird. It's just interesting. Yeah. Well, I love, I love the sound of an engine going, especially a big V8. Love it. Well, I guess, especially because you haven't heard yours in a while. Well, yeah, that's true. (laughs) But actually, if you listen to the very end of the of the show, um, the engine sound that you hear, that is my GTO. Right on. Yeah. Yep. When was that? Gosh, that was probably not long after I got it. So maybe 2009, 2010. Wow. I just set up a camera. I wanted to hear what it sounded like. So I set up a little, uh, we had a little Sony uh, Handycam, something like that. and uh, 8mm uh, VHS. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, digital. <clears throat> tape uh, camera, yeah. Digital 8, yeah. And um, I just set it up and I filmed it. And then I was able to, years later, um, I was able to stream that to a computer and create a file for it. And then I just had that. And I used the editing program to strip the sound out of it and use that as a sound effect. Have I seen this video? I don't know. That needs to be on you. You need to put that up on the Facebook page, man. Okay. We'll do that. Heck yeah. All right. That'll get everybody going. Sweet. Yeah, right on. Yeah, yeah. We'll do that. Very cool. Mm-hmm. One step closer. Yeah, man. <laughs> so close. Yep, yep. I hear you. Yeah. Well, I think that's cool. And hopefully all of our listeners are able to take great drives. And, and I'll throw the invitation out. You know, if you have a picture from a great drive or a, uh, a video clip or something, share it with us on the Facebook page. You know, I'm all about uh, seeing what other people are doing and, and, and getting maybe getting in some inspiration or some ideas on where to go or what to do or, or sharing those stories because that, that's really what it's all about. Uh on the VA radio Facebook page. But in the meantime, I can tell that there are people salivating, trying to uh, learn the answers to our yeah. one recycled and one fresh trivia question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a maroon. What an ignoramus. Oh, gee whiz. All right. All right, so Kevin, I ask you the recycled question. <laughs> In the DeLorean DMC-12, what did the 12 stand for? And you you pulled some kind of crazy answer <laughs> that it was the projected uh, MSRP of $12,000. And uh, Was that right? And you even you even went on to say that it ended up being double when it finally hit hit the showroom floor. I don't know where you come up with this garbage, <laughs> but you are absolutely right. Alec Baldwin told me. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have known that if it wasn't a previous question. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, you hardly uh, marked that one up yeah, for me. Yeah, marked that a win for Kev. Yes. Uh, okay, so the question I asked you was in the Chevrolet truck line. Yeah. You had the C and the K series. 
What did the K stand for? Yeah. yeah. I'm starting to regret that this answer. <laughs> Your answer was the K is a higher trim level yeah. than the C. Which, you know, kind of makes sense. Yeah. I guess a, 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 it could have been a D for that for that oh. respect. Uh, but it turns out the K is the four-wheel driver. Yeah. Oh. That just, literally, that just came to me 10 seconds before you said that. I'm like, I bet that K for four-wheel drive. Yep. You big dummy. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's all right. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. That's all right. Laugh it up. Right. Well, it, 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 it just struck me as being funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yes, that that's what the deal was. So um, the balance sheet's off a little bit this time. But, uh, <laughs> Boy, fun, howdy! Fun. <laughs> fun nonetheless. So uh, mm-hmm. ah, boy. All right, man. Well, yeah. this uh, this was fun. Yeah, appreciate you taking the time. Oh, always, always, my man, always. So. We do have a whole slew of uh, some great guests coming up and, mm-hmm. and great new topics. And uh, we appreciate all the positive feedback we get. If you dig this show and, and you, you like it enough to leave a review, uh, you can leave one on iTunes uh, or uh, Apple Podcasts, as it, as it may be, mm-hmm. or at any of the other uh, places you listen to your podcasts. And, and I've recently learned what puts a podcast at the top of the list in Apple Podcasts. Is that so? Is yeah, it people listening to it? It's not necessarily well, yeah, you think. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? <laughs> that one you got right. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, winner, winner. Pulled victory not, out of the jaws of defeat. <laughs> right. It's not necessarily people listening to it. It's, it's the amount of recent new subscribers. Is that so? So if a whole bunch of people subscribe to this podcast all at once, we can unseat Car Talk. We got to unseat Car Talk. We were there. We were, we were on their we heels were tight. for quite a we were while. close. And then they refigured something, and we kind of fell by yeah. the wayside. But uh, maybe, not not this time, but but maybe on one of our upcoming podcasts, we'll launch a campaign to, to ask people to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and just see if we could do a little groundswell and... and That'd be cool. Bump, bump the uh, ratings and, and go after a show that has been in solid reruns for four or five years. <laughs> it's still at the top of the charts. Right. Oh, my goodness. We can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, heavens to Betsy. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you got to aim high. Yeah, You know true, that. True. All right, friends. Well, uh, uh, this was a good time, and uh, we always appreciate the feedback and listening. And uh, I guess we'll wrap this one up uh, for Mr. Mike Cuball clark I'm Kevin Oste from V8 Radio saying, hey, keep the shiny side up. And uh, this time, try to keep it over 100, and you pursue your ideal drive. And we will talk to you next time on V8 Radio.